Welcome back to the Nationally Syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Social Security really is all of our business. And uh, I've got Dr. Casey Mulligan with us here today. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, he, uh, he's been a recurring guest often on the Price of Business. He's a professor of economics at the University of Chicago. Uh, used to be the uh, he was a, uh, the chief economist for the President's Council of Economic Advisors and one of the leading economic authorities out there. Casey, we're glad to have you on the program. Um, really uh, interesting. There was like a laundry list of economic topics in the President's State of the Union this uh, past week, with uh, one, of course, uh, I think that was prominent was the uh, discussion around Social Security. And, uh, you know, and this is something I'm, I've been around in politics for quite some time. I remember back in the 80s where they were talking about it's going to implode and people started thinking, you know, there's not going to be any social security to benefit from uh, by the time they reach retirement age and those type of things. That's continuous. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that all policy reform when it comes to security has been uh, cosmetic or even uh, just band-aids at best. Yeah, and I think one thing uh, we need to keep in mind that the Social Security and Medicare, they're financed with a payroll tax. And so when people are working, that's good for the financial health of Social Security. When people are earning more, you know, the real wage, which has fallen uh, quite a bit in the last year and a half, uh, when that's high, that means Social Security is taking in a lot of money. So I've been worried that by undermining prosperity, that's the really the number one hidden uh, factor that is going to undermine Social Security itself. Yeah, and that's an interesting point. And uh, those, both of those areas, those are two of the big engines for Social Security growth. Both of those have been undermined in recent years. Really, almost it seems like uh, on purpose from <laughs> a public policy perspective. You know, we have talked about a few times in the program how this administration, and really it started with the Trump administration, as you pointed out, uh, was really subsidizing a lot of uh, poverty and, and unemployment. Not poverty, so much unemployment uh, through policies that was paying people to not work. And, uh, you know, at some point, we're going to really feel the consequences of that. That's right. I mean, we're already seeing consequences in that, um, you know, our workers aren't earning as much and they're not putting as much into the Social Security program as they would otherwise. You know, there's about a 7.6% rate the employee pays and the employer pays the same amount on top of that. Um, mm-hmm. So the policies we had uh, around unemployment benefits and so on, they were uh, arming the Social Security financial picture. And then there's uh, all kind of regulations. You know, fighting climate change, it makes our economy smaller, and that makes it harder for Social Security to support uh, its beneficiaries. Yeah, absolutely. So talk about, uh, you know, and again, I'm not hearing much, uh, you know, serious conversation on uh, on what to do about Social Security. Um, and, I, I, you know, and, and to me, there seems like to, when I look at the system itself, fundamentally, when it was made in the 1930s, the average lifespan was shorter than the amount of time which person 
um, you know, it was shorter than the period of time in which someone would be eligible for Social Security. So, and that can, you know, it benefited the house to use a gambling expression, right? Uh, that, that's how it could work. Social Security probably provided more peace of mind uh, than it actually did reti- retirement. Over the years, I mean, people are living so much longer, you know, and they try to do little things here where they try to incentivize people to to wait until later to retire, which, of course, makes sense. But, I mean, I think they should obviously reevaluate the entire age structure as it is. I mean, that that's just one of many things they should look at, let alone restoring the desire for people to work. I mean, you're right. Um, no question. It's a different world now. And we've had, and actually President Clinton made a good contribution to this. One thing we have, even though the age definitions haven't changed, what President Clinton did was give, uh, take away the disincentive for elderly people to work. Um, When the program was first created, there was, working didn't make really any sense. You were going to lose all your benefit. and work really didn't pay for older people. And President Clinton changed that. And we have seen, at least until the pandemic, the elderly, especially the younger elderly people, very actively participating in work and making contributions to the system and doing so. So um, that's a trend I hope continues. It's been reversed a bit around the pandemic, um, but the older workers... You know, they earn a lot. They have a lot of wisdom to pass on to younger workers. So um, especially those younger, uh, healthier, elderly people, to keep them engaged, I think, would help Social Security and and other things. Yeah, no question about that. Talk a little bit then, you know, know, when you look at the president's speech, and, you know, and and there's this mischaracterization of, of Republicans. Yes, there are Republicans who'd like to abolish Social Security. Very few of those are in the House caucus, though. I would think all of them uh, on some level, or the vast majority on some level, would like to see some reform that is towards fiscal responsibility. Um, And you don't even hear that conversation much at all among the Democrats. Kind of of look at the political and policy landscape when it comes to Social Security today. Well, we had uh, in Obamacare, there was... Uh, part of the way with paid for is more of a gimmick and paying for it rather than a sincere attempt, I, I, I don't think, which was a cutback on what Medicare was spending um, well in, into the future. Um, those were would have been very deep cuts to Medicare, uh, which is a bigger program than Social Security. Um, now, they haven't really panned out, and they've backed off of that. Um, but you had people on President Obama's team who were – trying to make a contribution to getting the spending more in line with the revenues of that program. Um, now, but President Obama more famously also added some Medicare taxes, like me- Medicare taxes on investment income and, and things like that. And I could see uh, Democrats trying to push that further. Mm-hmm. And all of this, you know, again, uh, failure to recognize that uh, a growing economy is one that get, provides more revenue. I mean, that's that's the whole story. When people look back at uh, tax reform, particularly in the 1980s, you can clearly see in the you know in the 1970s 
under the Carter administration, the incentives to work had become so distorted and so against productivity, um, you know, where you, you can clearly calculate, yeah, I work another X amount of time. All I'm doing is essentially paying more. I'm a volunteer to my company for, for all practical purposes. And if we're not careful, we can find ourselves in the same position. We've had a lot of the uh, administrations you were alluding to, where you have, uh, you know, a situation where we had to sign tax rate of any industrialized country in the world after Japan. And when people think taxes, they think about income taxes. But you get down to it, the way we structure things like uh, cost of social security, it's a payroll tax, as you pointed out. And there's not, it doesn't seem to be a whole lot of uh, consequence when it comes to policies around taxes, at least on the left. Yeah, that, that it used to be a bipartisan uh, thing to pay attention to taxes and their effect on prosperity. I mean, John Kennedy was maybe the most famous uh, president to put attention to that. And he had the famous Kennedy tax cut because he understood. Uh, but somehow that's become more of a partisan viewpoint. Um, and maybe if we get back a little to the older way of thinking, um, we can better encourage prosperity on both sides of the aisle. Yeah, and that's an interesting uh, because in 19, uh, you know, John F. Kennedy did not get his tax cuts passed because he was assassinated. That became something that Lyndon Johnson carried. And uh, the Republican body of 1964, Dirk Goldwater, was adamantly opposed to those tax cuts. So somewhere along the way, uh, a trans. You know, but but you're absolutely right about Kennedy. Kennedy argued that a rising tide lifts all boats, and uh, that's how he justified uh, cutting taxes. It made uh, perfect sense then. Uh, look at your tax increases, particularly under Eisenhower, it made perfect sense then. And so we have looked at it. You know, at, I think how small the world is, and make maintaining competitiveness grow globally. A huge priority. That's that's how the United States suffered so much under Obama. That was the uh, big benefit, uh, fiscal-wise, of Trump. And when you look at those two big pictures, in terms of uh, productivity and in terms of uh, overall economic growth, real economic growth, uh, I think it's pretty clear. You're right. And even Obama recognized he couldn't he, obviously, he didn't get the legislation to happen, but even he he said that the United States should not be the highest business taxer in, in the developed world. Um, that was out of whack, he said. He, he said he's almost a free lunch if we could bring our rate more into a moderate level, that we uh, that would be very good for our economy and our fiscal situation and everything else. Um, when President Trump mm -hmm. arrived, all of a sudden that became uh, a naughty thing to say, but Obama himself said it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and it's interesting because when you look at the cost of doing business, they're huge. Um, they were particularly significant under Obama. Uh, you look at, uh, you know, why do businesses do, you know, do business in certain countries? Taxes, I think, are a huge reason. Labor, the United States labor is really 
can be very high quality, of course, but very expensive. Logistics, I, I thought that was an interesting quote by the president during the State of the Union, that we're ranked 13 in logistics. This is a huge reason why country cho- uh, business chooses to do business in a country. You know, so that, you know, America struggles. I think there's a, a lot of belief on policymakers that businesses should do business in America because they're America. <laughs> I think there's more uh, energy and thought and creativity and entrepreneurial mind that uh, policymakers give credit for. Yeah, I agree. And and all these things, um, they, they ironically, they help the public programs that we want. We we're undermining prosperity to encourage these to fund these programs, but really prosperity itself can fund the programs. So it would be good to turn an eye back toward that. Yeah, absolutely. So in particular, two really key reasons you you hone in on, on why uh, concerns about the solvency of the program, so long-term. Final thoughts on, on a policy perspective to help reverse that, because it's interesting the, the policy proposals, like incentivizing people, for example, to get back to work, doesn't seem like a direct Social Security-type policy, but those are the kind of policies that are next and that around. Talk a little bit about that as we wrap it up. Um, yeah, I mean, I heard Biden kind of saying the opposite. Uh, he wanted had ideas on how he wanted to regulate. He wanted to raise taxes on on business, you know, they called the buyback tax. He wanted to triple or quadruple that. Um, these are moves in the wrong direction. We have plenty of those types of taxes and regulations already, and it'd be good to look back and see what are what are the ones that we don't need and could make us help make us prosperous again. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite favorite economists, Dr. Thomas So, used to say that policymakers tend to treat people like trees and come after the tax and comply uh, like taxes or regulations, but they're not. <laughs> they, they want you guys to fight or flight. That's how you see so much capital move from New York to, to Florida, Florida, or all points Europe to uh, to uh, places like Ireland at various times, case on tax law. And it'd be, boy, it'd just, it would just be so refreshing uh, if they simply look at the public policy because of reality rather than romanticism which drives public policy today. All right, Dr. Casey Mulligan, thanks so much for being with us as always. Any any updates on your activities here at the University of Chicago, Chicago to wrap up? Uh, well, I'm, I'm trying to work a, a bit on the Social Security question and how that ties into the rest of the economy. Um, that's something we had worked on around the election and the two different presidential ca- candidates had their plans. Uh, but now we can look at it from this perspective, how how does the Biden agenda affect uh, the money that Social Security and Medicare is able to take in? Yeah. Dr. Casey Mulligan, we love having him on the program. You can check him out at the University of Chicago. Real quickly about your book. I almost forgot to mention. Really, it's a phenomenal book and one of the few balance books out there on the president's Donald Trump. Real quick, uh, including how people can get it. Uh, you're hired, Trump. Dot com as a website you can buy the book and see some excerpts um you know president trump is the one who's declared running for 
the presidency in the next uh, election, and I think we're going to hear a lot from him, and it's a lot easier to understand the good and the bad and the ugly about him if you see kind of the inside view that I have in there, and it's very entertaining as well. Yeah, very good. Thanks so much for being with us. I am Kevin Price. This is a business.